0: From the studios of 2SER in Sydney, Australia, to the world, this is a Gay Waves podcast. Proudly produced on Gadigal Land. Hello, buona noche, and welcome to Affairs of Radio. Some of you may have noticed I opened in Polari and others right now are looking for Polari in the Urban Dictionary yes ladies and gentlemen others and the undecided it's time we had a talk about how we talk words and language that were used in the past simply cannot be used today the times well they are a-changin and the spoke now be woke a warning this will contain words that will offend some people if you're one of those people please tune out now make a nice cup of tea tonight i'm going to be talking trenny If anyone is offended, please email us at Gay Waves. We do value your feedback and we hope to carry the story on further. But for now, this is just one side, an opening interview, and there is so much more to explore. Tranny is a term that's been used for decades. In 1996, we had the Tranny Pride Ball, the Tranny Pride Float, and the Mardi Gras parades. In 97, it was a tranny planet float. We came together, transvestites, transsexuals, and everything in between. Part of the proud rainbow flag. For most people, they only started knowing the word tranny through things like RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, in Australia at least. And, of course, tranny bingo. This has brought a very divisive rift in our community. Who is a tranny? Who can use the word? Is it a hate speech or is it a pride word? Tonight, I'm talking with the delightful Ms. Varushka Darling, one of the earliest ball-bearers of the original Tranny Bingo, now known as Genderbender Bingo. Well, hello there, Ms. Farushka, and welcome to Gay Waves.
1: Hello! I'm very <laughs> excited to be here. Good to see you and hear you. And hear you. We are disembodied voices at the moment, which is probably best that we're disembodied given the topic.
0: <laughs> a- absolutely. No one will recognise my voice on the street. <laughs> so just to understand a little bit of the history yes. of the word yes. and yourself, yes. how long have you been around the scene? When did you begin?
1: Well, I began a long time ago, although I like to say I began very young. (laughs) because people try and take me which is always very vicious of them but no I came out on the scene in the early 90s essentially and then started working professionally you know as a a drag artist and performer in the mid 90s and Mm -hmm. so I've been around since then
0: and what was the community like back then?
1: Um, the community was a really incredibly inclusive, embracing community. Um, we were all one. So it was, uh, you know, it's really interesting. I try, and, I try and explain that now, you know, in modern times we try and be incredibly inclusive in, in our language and how we you know, refer to each other, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, you know, to each other. But we seem to do that with micro identities, which I find quite exclusive often because they Mm. you know segregate people from one another back then we had tribes but we were all under the you know the big you know umbrella term of gay or queer or whatever you chose to use it and we just accept each other you Mm. know thusly (laughs) so it was really embracing because back then it was us against the world i mean when i was at school and this this really seems to take me because kids today (laughs) will have no understanding but it's not that long ago (laughs) it's like when i was at high school it was still you know homosexuality was still a criminal you know activity so you're criminalized it wasn't decriminalized until you know across the full range you know of, of states and in the country until i was in university
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then age of consent was not equalized around the country until much later than that and then we had things like you know the homosexual panic law which is still existent in some (laughs) states whereby you know someone killed you and they said um well you know they made a homosexual advance to me then that basically negated the charge of murder So we were really a community us against the world. So we were all in it together. And we really were being murdered left, right, and centre. We were being thrown off the cliffs at Bondi. I mean, I got I thought it was really funny when, you know, in ASBS started doing this this secret unknown history. And it's like, well, we all knew about it. We all knew about it. We all knew what was happening. We all had ideas about who was doing it. And it was very, very present in our mind. You know, we were being killed we were being murdered we were being fired we were being excluded we were being you know criminalized and then of course we also had the scourge of you know hiv which was in the height of the epidemic mm-hmm. so it really felt like it was us against the world because it really was and we were all in it together you know boots and or zips and or buckles and all <laughs>
0: <laughs> So it was pride back then.
1: Well, it was pride because you know it wasn't it wasn't just you know a you know Morpheus nice fuzzy feeling. It was we're surviving. You know we're here. We are going to establish our right to be here, and the fact that we are doing that is, you know, it puts our lives in danger. Very much in danger. You know, literally walking down the street, you couldn't. And it's going to be very hard for some people to realize in the modern community. But literally, the Golden Mile is not what it was on, you know, the TV drama. It wasn't King's Cross. It was actually Oxford Street. And it was Oxford Street from Hyde Park until about Victoria Barracks, Hmm. essentially. And by Victoria Barracks, I mean the army barracks. (laughs) There used to be another barracks on Oxford Street. And so in that strip, you were safe. And it was a golden mile because all of the businesses were, you know, gay and lesbian owned. You know, you could basically live, play, socialize, and never encounter a straight person because, you know, that was our little, you know, one of our ghettos. it was our ghetto in the inner east, as opposed to our ghetto <laughs> in the inner west of Newtown and Erskineville. And so, literally, on Oxford Street, you could hold hands, you could be yourself. But the moment you left it was the moment you broke hands, the moment you just, you know, had to become very aware, you know, hyper-aware of what was going on around you because you could literally be bashed, murdered, killed, and the police were either not doing anything about it or participating in it
0: back then. Because of other nasty words like queer, faggot, dyke.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But I have to say it's quite funny although queer is it's now it's like an umbrella term mm-hmm. um, used for everyone who doesn't feel like they can use the word gay for whatever reason. I tend to think internally have the reasons <laughs> but um, we didn't like that word but we embraced it because back then I think we had a lot more of a punk you know ideology we weren't. it doesn't mean that we're walking around with safety pins our noses or you know without mohawks on. i know you were <laughs> and i occasionally was too but that that's not what i mean it, it was more of a you know a, if i may use an explicit an f you you know to world and society because we were just saying we are what we are and we also embraced Things like, you know, slow words that we use. So, you know, the F words, which we're no longer allowed to use, is what we would embrace. The P word, you know, we, we used to embrace as well. And they were words of power. So we took the power back from the people who were using it against us. And we used it for ourselves. And we used those words as pride words, not just slow words but like I said that was a kind of a different feeling and I think that you know when you come when you're born in fire you (laughs) use fire You, you know what I mean so those kind of words didn't hurt us we used it to you know empower us.
0: And just to point out again I am saying the words in full so if you are offended I do apologize, but this is part of the story today. If you're not comfortable with them, then obviously the da- Miss Varuska Darling, for example, is using the letters. I will use the words in full. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. sure.
1: And if, if you don't know what those words are, I'm happy to uh, explain, <laughs> but it's just that we get so much flack. I mean, I've been in a gay bar and I used one of these, you know, on stage, one of these gay, you know, former slurs, but, you know, words that we we reclaim. And I was told that I was not allowed to use it because, I, you know, this is the safe space. And I'm like, I am this word. This mm-hmm. is a bar that this word describes. <laughs> we are all this word. Why can't I use it? Why is that making people feel... Triggered, you know, hmm. when I, I'm not triggered by it at all. I think it's it's a fabulous word. I love it.
0: Let's do some more triggering. Okay. Tranny Bingo. Yes. That's been around since, I believe, the early 2000s. Yes. I started so, by yes. yourself and some other lovely people. No, it wasn't people. actually started by oh, me. It was no? started
1: by um, another queen, but I joined later. Oh, but I've joined... been with it for like well over a decade
0: now. Oh Yes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, How did it get its name?
1: Well, it actually got its name um because um it, it used to start off in the King's Cross Hotel. Um and whenever and it didn't really have, you know, its own like branded name. It was just bingo. And whenever people would refer to us, they would refer to us as, you know, the trannies. And it wasn't in a nasty way at all, mm-hmm. because that's how people saw us, because that was a legitimate word to describe <laughs> who we were. <laughs> and so people would go, like, when are the trannies here? All the trannies are over there, you know, that kind of thing. So it just became mm-hmm you Know by an organic means, tranny bingo because we were the Chinese and we were doing bingo, <laughs> you know.
0: Baron. and um, the backlash from that you, think you were tranny bingo for I think 15 16 years before yeah, there was more. a backlash. Yeah,
1: absolutely, because there was, because it wasn't a problematic word until it became a problematic word.
0: So, what do you think made it a problematic word?
1: Um, it's really interesting. Um, I think, look, um, I think it was actually it was i mean maybe it's it's good to give a bit of a background of the use of it, the word in the community mm-hmm. as well because i think that's really important to good, to yeah. express so as you said in your opening statement originally the word tranny which was coined in in sydney mm. and It was used to refer to anyone who was you know transgressive in any way shape or form of the gender or you know dressing norms so if you're a transvestite or transsexual like we're not allowed to use the word transsexual anymore either transgender you know what or transvestite you know we were all trans so the the kind of the short handle for it was tranny so it was just like saying gay instead of homosexual Mm. you know um so it was that kind of word so it wasn't seen as you know a hate word or a you know a, or a threatening word it was just an umbrella term mm-hmm. and back then in the community we were also and I, when i say the community i really refer to um the gay and lesbian community now i don't mean that to exclude anyone because i think the gay and lesbian community was more a particular thing than it is now so for example there was a gay and lesbian community. It was you know, built around primarily gay-owned venues or gay and lesbian-owned venues at which everyone who was not straight really gravitated and formed a community. So back then, um, you know, the drag scene in particular was really inclusive. It was more inclusive than it is now. Um, and so when you came out, all of your performers, your fellow performers, were right across the gender spectrum. So often people would start becoming, you know, drag queens as a way of expressing who they were. And then they might decide that, well, actually, maybe I'm not drag. I might be trans. Similarly, there were people who thought maybe I would trans and I feel safer within a drag world, you know, performing with the, you know, in a drag show. And then you go, well, actually, maybe I'm not trans. I'm a drag, you know. Mm. And so all of that work together. So we were all of this kind of like, this big, we're like a salad, (laughs) a great, big, delicious gender salad, and we're all in it together, whereas now we seem to be a deconstructed salad. You know what I mean? So rather than having the bowl where everything is tossed together and and forms a harmonious whole, we tend to break it down into the individual elements, so we might just have the tomato on the side over here, we've got the radicchio over here, and then we'll break down our our cucumbers into their varying parts here's our telegraph, here's our Lebanese, you know. So we were, uh, you know, a lot more mixed. It was a big melange of of gender expression. And I think what happened is that, and and what's interesting is that as, you know, drag and also um, trans issues became more and more highlighted, um, I think there was a natural um, kind of like push from the trans community in particular to assert themselves quite naturally quite naturally and to be more visible and to separate themselves from the drag world um and i know that there was a particular time you know as a little side side kind of like um you know exploration when it was actually looked down on to be a drag performer like in a drag show because in the trans world that was seen as politically incorrect because you're putting offering yourself up as a spectacle like freak show or what have you similarly you know a lot of us in well I wasn't in the sex working community that I'm not saying that as a shame thing because I don't care what you do you know if you you want to do it you embrace it and that's who you are good for you more power to you (laughs) but it's like also within the, the sex working world drag queens and trans people were really, you know, homogenized as well. It's like people, like the customers didn't, really didn't, you know, differentiate whether you're a drag queen or if you were, you know, you were trans. You were Mm -hmm. all part of a spectrum of desire for them, you know. So it's like, you know, the drag queens sometimes after a show would go down and work the streets with the girls or they'd go to, you know, the, the brothels and work there. But then, of course, that, when opportunities opened up for trans people because very, you know, in the early days, really your only opportunities if you're transitioning were going to be shows or sex work. Hmm. So when opportunities opened up, and I say that, you know, there were exceptions, of course, because if you really did pass and maybe, you you know, you were able to, to do so, then people wouldn't question. So you, you could have other opportunities. But really, for, for many people, it was performance and or sex work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then as opportunities opened up, as people, you know, asserted their right to be, you know, in the broader community, as, you know, people didn't want to do, you know, show and performance work, that was really looked down on. So I think then there was a, a separation that happened. Now, you also need to consider that in, um, you know, the the trans world, um, you're not necessarily having something in common with gay people. You know, in the past when that was your safe space to go to, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, if you went into a straight bar dressed, you know, ostensibly to the rest of the world cross-dressed um then you know you were putting yourself in danger mm-hmm. so you would go to a gay venue where it was completely you know ex, you know a- acceptable for you to do that and that was fine but being trans is not the same thing as being gay so if you're um a, like a, you, if you're born male for example in the suburbs and, and I'm, look, I'm just going to paint a really, you know, really broad and basic sketch here just to, mm-hmm. you know, to illustrate a point. So if you were born in, you know, as, as like assigned male at birth um, in the suburbs and really you felt like you were a suburban heterosexual, ho- hopefully housewife or with, you know, a career, you know, with a career, I'm not, I'm not using that as a pejorative in any way, shape or form, then what do you have in common? With you know the gay world, mm-hmm. so, and quite understandably, because you know sexuality and gender, or sexuality and sex, and you know are not necessarily tied together. Of course, there are mm-hmm. intersections of, of all of that. So you know so you have people who because of awareness you know through the gay movement but also through you know um you know through the for you know expressions of gender and representations of gender um you know were feeling that they were more comfortable to be able to be themselves in situations that were not within the gay and lesbian community so you kind of look at separating those things out and i think that for some people especially outside like those trans people outside of the gay well they didn't have that connection with the word within the context that we used it. Mm-hmm. And often if you're at home and you're just on your internet and you have no broader social connection in, I'll say, the real world, IRL, everyone, then often you're looking at you know, trans websites if you're on the internet, much of which, like the trans politics, comes from overseas. Mm-hmm. And there's this real lack of understanding that, um, like, Issues, whether it be sexuality or language or gender, are really not universal. So different countries have really different issues around use of, of language about gender Present, you know presentation about gender expression than others and often people will think well just because we speak English then therefore you know the issues must be the same so you would look at uh, a lot of the information that was coming from overseas was coming from primarily America um, and it was coming from people who were not necessarily connected with the the gay and lesbian community who had issues about wanting to be seen as not gay or lesbian, (laughs) and especially not being a drag queen, and Mm -hmm. who would have seen or who would have had experience of the word that would have been negative, you know. And so for them, it was a negative word, and, and therefore it became a politicized negative word. And when drag queens were using it, like, for example, in RuPaul's Drag Race, Mm-hmm. Um, then they really hated it because it was not representing them. And I understand that if you're not seeing something that's representing you, then mm-hmm. you would rebel against that. And it kind of caught on. And so we were being, suddenly it became this issue, but only, I have to say, it was only a very aggressive, really nasty um, minority within, like, the you know, the trans community here who were picking up and then using overseas, you know, trans expression and trans experience to try and validate their expression. And Mm -hmm. there was no allowance for history, culture, different use of words, you know, in in cultural context Mm
0: -hmm. allowed
1: because you were not allowed to express a truth or reality that went against a particular political ideology. It was literally within the queer community post-truth post truth or a denial of truth or a rewriting of history to further one's own political goals but i don't think that's necessary you don't have to do that you know you can embrace it it's like american language is different from australian you know, American English and, um, you know, Australian English are very different. Mm-hmm. We use the same words to mean different things. And we use different words to mean the same thing. You know, there are so <laughs> many. Go on YouTube and you'll see when Australians use, you know, they'll do a comparison between American English and Australian English or English English and Australian English. And um, and also, you know, when when it comes to American, you know, queer ideology, there's also like, and I, you know, this is going to the drag world, but you'll see <laughs> things that... You know are, are thought of as universal in the drag world which are not they're american they're american i know and we have our own drag culture we <laughs> have our own language we polari or we used to polari which americans do not have you know they have their very own you know often culturally and ethnically based languages and so there's that disconnect but there's there's not an understanding or a will to understand the complexity of that because nuance is not allowed in the new political reality. Essentially you're not allowed to have shades of grey and let's face it gender and sexuality is all about the grey.
0: Can you tell me if there was any backlash from the RuPaul show? Yeah, I think
1: people really aggressively started targeting, you know, that word. And like I said, it was a, it was a minority of people, but they were really like there was a pylon, and there was no understanding of, you know, the exception, you know, the the nuance or the history. And we got so much grief. There was an absolute pylon, and it was really aggressive. In fact, we were being threatened with violence. And there was um, a trans website, you know, where for a trans community forum where it was being advocated that people came in and assaulted us and so we had to go and speak to the anti-violence project to register it because we're like this is just us you know, using a word that we've always used for ourselves in a non hateful uh, way, mm-hmm. given that all of the people who worked for us were across the gender spectrum. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had trans people, we had people who identify as non binary, as trans feminine, as, you know, the so called cisgender. And so the whole thing, and yet we were being threatened with violence because of the use of the word. And it was like, all of a sudden, all at once, really vicious. And I was sitting at um, a gay bar with um, some of the legendary trans women from Les Girls. And I remember one, and I won't identify her because it's not not fair to do so, but one of the most iconic ones. And she just sat there and said, Brushka, I had no idea that mm. the T word, I'm just going to use the abbreviation, use the letter, was even a hate word. And I was like, well, it wasn't until now. Mm. And now it's become one. And I actually really hate that because... For me, the T word doesn't mean hate and it's not a pejorative. For me, the T word refers to my icons, my colleagues, my friends, my compatriots, you know, my fellow community members. For me, it's a word that has a lot of love Mm -hmm. and is is really embracing of diversity and excitement and colour and, you know, and life and vibrancy. So to see it reduced to a, a hate word was really difficult for me, but, you know. We've moved on. So it's no longer where we use, so we
0: don't use it. Would you describe yourself as a tranny or just as a drag performer?
1: Well, n- look, um, traditionally I absolutely describe myself as tranny. I'm not trans. I'm not trans. But um uh, but I'm not, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm not cisgender. I actually don't believe the term cisgender exists. <laughs> <laughs> and I have I have actually, and I also have, you know, ter- uh, problems with the concept of a binary, but that's a that's another story altogether. So, you know, within the original context i absolutely describe it you know but then i describe myself using a whole lot of words and i'm not allowed
0: you can use those words i'll let you (laughs) on today's show (laughs) thanks
1: darling that's very generous
0: so where can we catch your current show
1: um, well, you can catch me all over the place. I mean, gender bender bingo still happens, of course, and it happens, mm-hmm. all, well, less places than it used to because <laughs> of the coronavirus. Um, and similarly, you know, I pop up here, there and everywhere, um, but less places because of, you know, um, coronavirus. But, you know, if you'd like to come and see, you can see me at the Oxford Hotel. That's my one regular gig at the <laughs> moment and the occasional gender bender bingo. But hopefully once the vaccine roll rollout happens and once we're able to... You know, mingle as we used to, more you know, our work will open up again.
0: Thank you. You've been delightful, Miss Verushka. Oh
1: no, you know, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you.
0: If I have other questions, I'm definitely dragging you back in. Please do,
1: feel <laughs> free. I love to be dragged. But <laughs> in the positive term of that sense. There's Not w- how it's come to mean.
0: There's a bad term. <laughs> yes, there is.
1: To be dragged is basically to be like ripped to shreds. To so if you drag someone, you basically, you know, tear them shreds. So, oh. But that's an American term again. There
0: you go. Oh, I wonder how long that would take before it hits Australia. No, then. it's hit Australia. Uh, oh, it that's, is. Why I, that's why I just I have clamorize. been out. <laughs> <laughs> I have been out of the yeah. loop too long. It
1: normally comes from like dragged to filth is the full expression. So yes, but now it's just like she got dragged or he got dragged or whatever.
0: Oh, dear, dear, dear. What is the world coming to Well,
1: look, you know, language is a constant evolution. It's a constant evolution. And I think it's allowed to be. Uh, If I can just add this with, you know, you're allowed Mm -hmm. to evolve language. You know, so if a term that we used in the past is no longer to be used in the future, that is absolutely fine.
0: But it shouldn't become a hate word. No,
1: well... You know, um, no, and it shouldn't be like the history of its use mm. shouldn't be denied in the mm. process. You can go, well, this word we used in the past and we're happy to use it. But language has evolved and now we use other words and we don't tend to use that word. And that is fine. Mm. But stop cancelling, you know, and stop denying history, because when you deny history, you deny yourself.
0: Absolutely and at this point, people, if you are still listening, I am sorry again for anyone who was offended by the words of the youth tranny, queer, poof I think I said faggot, Anyone who is offended by that, please do write into the Gay Waves email. We will be exploring this further on. Sometimes the intent behind words should be questioned and examined. People do need to be held accountable for the words they use and the context they use them. But the rules of political correctness by which you aren't allowed to use them are becoming so confusing that we need to be relying on more common sense than Facebook. Taking people's lives into consideration and the purposes behind words, Tranny Bingo was a game. People's lives are not a game. Thank you. Good night. Hi, Mark Haddon here, producer of Gay Waves. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate the episode and subscribe to the channel. You can also get in touch with us. Our email address is gaywaves at 2ser.com find us on all social media channels just search gateways thanks for listening